Punk's not dead, and neither is New Wave. Join Buzz and Ben on Static Rage, the Punk and New Wave album review podcast. All right, welcome everybody back to Static Rage, the Punk and Post-Punk podcast. I'm Benjamin Lindsay, and with me is Buzz Will. How are you doing out there tonight, Buzz Delicious? Well, I'd be doing a lot better if I could get our audio equipment to work correctly but it's working fine now, so I guess I'm doing okay. Yeah, a few technical difficulties, and, you know, in a, a quarantine world with thunderstorms and tornadoes in your part of the, the hemisphere, so I guess it's lucky that it's working at all. It is, and uh, I got to tell you, it's, it's kind of auspicious that there's uh, thunderstorms and tornadoes going on, because um, outside it kind of sounds like a wailing. A wailing. A wailing of uh, banshees, if you will. Oh, my. I wonder if Susie's among them. I, I would love it if she was. <laughs> that would be... I, 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 I will go ahead and say I have an unabashed crush on Susie. So, Susie Sue, if you're listening, I love you. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, no, I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, um, so, as you probably... Figured we are doing Susie Sue and the Banshees, uh, their fourth studio album, Juju. It was released on June 6th of 1981. Has a runtime of 41 minutes and six seconds. The personnel on this album are Susie Sue on vocals and guitar on Sin in My Heart, Stephen Severin on bass guitar. Budgie on drums and percussion, and John McGouch on guitar. I may have pronounced that wrong, but that's how I read it, Miss John McGouch. Well, if someone will come along and and, uh, correct us, then it'll be corrected one day, but it sounds good to me. Yeah, man. What'd you think? So, like with a lot of... uh, post-punk and goth bands um i typically enjoy them especially the ones we talk about uh, this band's no different um as far as this band goes if you've never heard them before um this is one of the quote-unquote godfathers of the goth rock movement if you will um although this is one of the bands that does not like being referred to as goth rock um they do fall in that weird uh post-punk kind of almost like an art rock, if you will, um, kind of lending themselves to goth. Uh, but they're not quite punk. They're not quite metal. They're not quite hard rock. They're kind of somewhere in between all of those. So it's something, again, if you've never heard the style before, you know, you might have to listen to it two or three times before you can get an understanding or even perhaps even appreciate it. With that said, uh, this is an album I enjoy listening to. Um, it's one of the first goth albums I ever heard. It's not the first one, but it's... It's one of the first, and uh, most of that is because of the success of the song Spellbound, which is the first track on this album. Um, that tends to get played a lot. Like if I ask people if they've ever heard of Susie and the Banshees, about 80, I'd say 80% of the time, most people talk about Spellbound. So um, it's a really good song. It is a little bit overplayed, but as far as the album as a whole, I this album is amazing, man. This. I love the pacing on it. Um, it's not, it doesn't ever slow down enough for me to kind of get taken aback. And the songs seem to be placed 
in such a way that I don't have to worry about jumping back and forth and worrying about if I'm going to get bored listening to this song and might missing the intro to the next song. Yeah, it's very interesting um, in that you're right. I consider this a goth album, but the band itself doesn't. And as you pointed out, they actually kind of push back on that connotation. And I'm not exactly sure why they do. Um, if any of them are out there listening and want to inform me, I would be more than happy to take that on. But some of the things that make up golf music are usually it's very atmospheric. This is that. I mean, uh, you could, if I was looking for a adverb to or an adjective to describe this, it would be brooding. Because uh, you're right, uh, with the exception of monitor night shift and voodoo dolly nothing on this is is overly long and even those are only five minutes six minutes and seven minutes respectively but there's a lot of space and you you often find me talking about the use of space in songs whether they let the songs breathe or if they're they're very hectic and most punk is very hectic and frenzied if for no other reason then they're placed at a, at a very up tempo and they come in and they get out real quick so what little space there is within the song is usually filled up these songs are not like that now these don't have as much room for the for the songs to breathe as say joy division did but there's quite a bit of room here nonetheless the other thing about goth aside from the atmospherics is there's usually a sense of um aesthetic to them and if you've ever seen Susie sue especially around this time she kind of fits that aesthetic as does the rest of the band and if i run down some of the the names of these songs that also fits spellbound arabian nights halloween night shift sin in my heart head cut voodoo dolly so i don't this just screams goth to me especially early 80s goth but I like it. I like it quite a bit. I like that this is such a guitar-driven album because if you know anything about the band, you know that a lot of that wasn't always the case, especially on their third album, whose name is escaping me at the moment, what had a lot more of an electronic sound to it. So I really like this choice that the band made to go much more kaleidoscope, kaleidoscope as previous album, to go with a guitar sound as opposed to more of an electronic sound. And one of the, touching on the guitar, uh, when you have a typically a goth band, at least your older goth bands, um, and again, some people put it under more post-punk rather than goth, but um, that's an argument for another day. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure you're probably going to agree with me on this. I'm going to call this goth band because it, to me they are. Um, it checks off all those check all those marks on what I got makes a goth band for me. Um, in goth, there is typically two to three different types of music that you'll hear. And, and what I mean by that is you have your more what I call modern goth, which is almost like more dark wave. It's almost dance music in a way or electronic focus music. Um, you have your kind of more goth rock, which is what this would fall under, um, where you have actual instrumentation. You do have guitars there's especially on this album there's really not i don't think there's any 
um, sort of drum machines or any kind of um, electronic music in the background. I, I could be wrong on that, but I didn't hear it on the album. Um, it's mostly the use of an electric guitar without a lot of distortion, but still being played almost on like a discord rather than um, rather than in tune. Um, and I bring that up because uh, like with Joy Division, a lot of their guitar sounds like that. It sounds like it's off, but it's purposely off. So it doesn't sound strange. It almost sounds like it fits with the music. The guitar riffs and the chords on this album fit so well with that. You can tell it's almost like they're making it sound off on purpose, and that just adds to the mystique of what's going on. Um, as well with that, as you can hear, to, at least I could, I could hear every instrument playing. So when there's an acoustic playing, like again, on Spellbound, the very beginning, that rhythmic guitar, that's on an acoustic guitar. Um, and yes, they did have an electric guitar playing, but that rhythm you're hearing along with the drummer and the tambourine in the back is an acoustic uh, going back and forth. Um, everything on this album, man, kind of checks it for me. Um, this is, I'm not going to call this a perfect band or a perfect, or this a perfect album, but it's pretty damn high up there for me. Um, the app, speaking of the atmosphere, man, the atmosphere just, again, this is one of those things you have to experience rather than just listen to um there's a, about two songs on here i could use as background noise that's only because of the length um and it does drone a little bit but like when we talked about on our joy division uh, podcast droning isn't necessarily a bad thing and i don't think it's a bad thing here but it does drone um but other than that you just you have to experience everything and get a good sense for what it's like what the words mean and it it's just, it's a very deep album. Um, but even with all that said, um, I feel like they play with lyrics a lot. Like that's something that Susie's always done. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I like more modern bands like Tool so much, because a lot of the times the lyrics don't mean exactly how they sound. Um, that's kind of how it fits here for me. So this, this album itself is just, it's energetic when it needs to be, and it's somber when it needs to be. I agree with that. I also think that there is an intensity in this album that isn't on some of their other albums. And I think that once again goes to the focus of the guitars here. Um, I like that your point on being able to hear all the instruments because you can do that. You can also tell that there are some classical elements in the guitar playing and that they sound like other string arrangements, which I also really appreciate with this oh yeah and i agree uh, it's not a perfect album but it's pretty damn close and i would go on to say that i think this is their best album i i would struggle calling it their best but i would say if this and their first album and they did they had one i think it was this i think it's the sixth album they did i enjoyed a lot too um I don't know that I'd say it's the best, but I will say I think it's the most memorable. Um, it's the one that, again, if I if I have to, if someone asks me, hey, what's what Susie and the Banshees sounds like? And I'm going to go, let me show you Juju and just listen to the whole fucking album. And there you go. That's that's pretty much what they're what they are. You listen to that album and you can get an idea of what they essentially what that band is like. Um, and another thing, uh, as well, is they've 
they had some personnel changes through the years as well. So I, I think they had a different drummer on this one. I think this is Budgie's first album he did with them. I could be wrong. Um, but he wasn't there, at least on the first album. And you can tell that that, that matters a lot. I mean, it just, it, 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 something as simple as like a, a bass player, for example, can make or break your, how you sound. So um, I think personnel definitely has a lot to do with it. And this whole, this whole album, man, they brought it. That's, that's all there is to it. They just brought everything they could, and it was amazing. Definitely amazing. Um, I don't know if it was Budgie's first. No, he traded uh, drums on the previous album as well. Whether he was a member or just a guest musician or not, I couldn't tell you. But he, he did play drums on pretty much every track on the previous album. Fair enough. It's been a while since I've listened to some of these albums, just because I, uh, you know, not getting older and not being able to listen to everything you can as well. So it's oh, yeah, always totally. nice to go, always nice to go back and listen to some of the albums I did when I was a kid. Like, hey, I really like this band. Why did I like this album? Oh yeah, this is why. This is why I thought it was a fucking amazing album then, and it yeah. still is today. Yeah. Um. So, that's kind of rhyme it with this one. Um. Man, is there anything that really? I, I was going to say really stuck out to you, but I guess we can, we can include the song listings with that as well. Yeah. I want to go into the songs now. Um, I mean, Spellbound and Arabian Nights are kind of the hits. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciative of those. I don't know that I, and I guess it just depends. I don't think Spellbound is that overplayed mainly because none of the radio stations that I was listening to back when I listened to terrestrial radio really played it. Um, your mileage may vary depending on what you were listening to because most of the by the time that I started really listening to rock and metal stations this would have been four or five years old at that point and they weren't really playing new wave they were they were more metal than they were this genre so I just I didn't get a whole lot of exposure to it on terrestrial radio but there's also like deep cuts that I really like. Sin in My Heart is a fucking fantastic song. So is Head Cut. Voodoo Dolly is a perfect closer for this album. And it's again, one of those songs that really makes me wonder why they push so much a a against the goth thing. Um, but I love that song. So for me, um, Spellbound, I've already, I've already heaped a lot of praise on it. That. And I really do feel like that's probably the best song that they have. Even if this, even if I'm not sure this is their best album, I do think Spellbound's probably their best song. Um, I've just always enjoyed listening to it. Into the Light was good. Arabian Nights is that classic. Um, I actually liked Monitor. I don't. I, I think just it, it had like an almost like a funk feel to it, and I think that's why I enjoyed it. It was like something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, Night Shift I enjoyed a lot. I love Sin in My Heart. Um, head cut. I'm, gonna, I'm pretty much naming the entire album. Uh, Voodoo Dolly was amazing to end on because that's what I was talking about when it when it drones because mm -hmm. it's so long. It starts off so slow, and it almost the first time I heard it when I was younger, it almost kind of tricked me into thinking I wasn't going to like it. And then about a third of the way into the song, it speeds up. Um, but yeah, man, it's I I don't really have if I had to say anything weak about this. Um, 
honestly probably halloween is this is the weakest song on on this album and even then it's a catchy fucking song so it's it's not like it's not like it's a bad song it's just if i had had to nitpick and go "Hmm, there's one on here i really pull out it'd be that one um but if this is anyone listening if you've never listened to this album before and you get there don't again don't take that to meaning that i think it's it's a bad song it's just i don't think it holds up to the rest of songs on this album right I mean, it's very rare also to have an entire album full of great songs. I mean, there usually is, by by definition, one of them has to be the weakest song. And I think Halloween is that one in this case. I would agree with that. But I'm not joking when I said it's catchy. Like, if if you're listening to this and the first time you hear it, you might understand why I say it's catchy. Because even though I think all the songs on here other than that are better, I, I found myself like humming that and like sing it more often. That's how damn catchy it was. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I really don't have anything else to say. Uh, if you go and look at any of the lyrics for these, I do agree that there is um, a depth to some of the lyrics. I don't know that they're, the lyrics are as clever or as catchy as some of the other bands that we've talked about, but I do think there's a, a depth here. And again, I want to go back to Voodoo Dolly because I, I, it's the closing track and the longest track. And that is a great song for atmosphere, especially if you're playing something like a World of Darkness game, Vampire to be specific, to play during the scene of someone's embrace. I'm glad you brought up, um, I'm glad you brought up Vampire the Masquerade because the, uh, I remember again when especially in the in the older books so like in the first first and second edition the ones that came out in originally 91 and then again uh in 93 before they came out revised um we already talked about joy division being in and and you know the joy divisions uh cuts being in some of the uh, chapters um this is another one that i remember being in some of those chapters uh and i remember even before i knew about this band when i was playing those games i was like man what is this band like i need to look into it so being able to hear it and then go back and go, oh, that's why they fit there. Yes, it's, it's, it really does fit well. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of my little bit of nostalgia of, okay, yeah. So as I got older and started playing these games, I listened, started listening to some of this music and it's like, oh, wow, this is, yeah, I can see why this fits. Um, and, and just to another point, man, it's, there's not a lot of, and I'm, 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 I'm sure that some people might give me some flack for this, and I really don't care. Um, there's not a lot of female vocalists that really, to me, really bring it um, in bands like this. And I think it's refreshing that Susie Sued has, like, first off, a fucking amazing voice and is able to, like, keep up with the rest of the band. She doesn't try to go outside of her means. Um, there's even a lot of singers, doesn't matter their gender, tries to go above their means to where they're trying to be something they're not. And I like, it's, to me, it's almost like she sings a certain way and the rest of the band goes, okay, how can we play around this to accentuate your voice rather than we want to go with a specific sound and, and, and be this. It's like, okay, we can, we can kind of work around her voice. It sounds like this. Um, let's, let's work on trying to keep up for the, you know, the tempo and the trouble with it. And that's another thing I really appreciate about this band. Um, even some of their weaker albums, they do that. 
I will agree with you in that the band and her voice work very well together and they stay within the constraints of her voice. I think she's a good singer. I don't know that she's a great singer. Um, definitely, you know, upper tier, but uh, when, I, when I think, and what I mean by that, because I know that that was a confusing statement, is that I don't think of, when I think of great voices, I don't think of her. But she is the perfect front person and singer for this band, and they work incredibly well together. I can't right. imagine anybody else singing the songs with the band. Right, and I mean, I, I, I've, I've thought about this before of, you know, I wonder if someone else could pull this off. Um, because, you know, sometimes when bands or artists do a cover of a song, sometimes it can sound as good or possibly even better than the original. The way her voice is, I don't know that you could, I'm not going to say you can't pull it off, but I think you'd have to be really fucking talented to do it. Um, and I know when we talk about, when people talk about covers, you don't ever want them to sound exactly like the original because then you're not really doing a cover. You're just kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're trying, you're almost like to, trying to in, uh, imitate it that way. Uh, but to me, the ideal cover is it's very familiar. Usually the music sounds very close or almost the same, but because some instrumentation or the singer's voice is off a little bit, it's different. So familiar, but different to me is an ideal like remake of a song or songs. And I don't know there's, I would trust anyone to really pull that off on any of the Susie, the Banshee's albums. Um, the only one that might could do it and you might, you might get to get a lot of this, but I, I've, I've actually thought about this for a while. Um, Sinead O'Connor and her prime might, might be able to do this. Uh, yeah. Um, hmm. It's more the pitch of her voice is why I'm seeing this because Susie has that higher, I don't want to say shrill because that makes it sound like a negative thing, but it's a very shrieking voice. And I think that's another reason why I think it's amusing that they pick the names Susie and the Banshees because the way she sings sometimes it does sound like she's wailing. Um, of course, not on every song, but there's a few that I'm like, okay, this is, I wonder if they did this on purpose because it's kind of amusing, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. Given that, I do think that Sinead could do it. Um, I think trying to sound like Susie is, is a bit of a fool's errand because she does have such a distinctive voice, which is kind of the point you were making. The only singer, uh, having given it no thought, who I think could do these songs justice, female singer anyway, um, is in this genre, is Jeanette Napolitano from Concrete Blonde. And she wouldn't sound anything like Susie, but I think she could do them. Another thing, actually, is I could think of Nick Cave singing these songs. And it would sound completely different, of course, because he has such a different voice, but I think it would work. You know, I think would be both amusing and interesting at the same time would be uh, uh, Peter Steele. Just with his fucking deep ass voice doing some of these songs, I wonder if he could pull it off. Yeah, it would be interesting. Uh, unfortunately, we'll never get an, an opportunity for that. 
Maybe we can convince Glenn Danzig to do this. I'd like to hear that. Entirely possible. I mean, this seems to be like 30 years too late for most of the stuff that he discovers of these days. Well, if nothing else, maybe you and I could cover one of these songs. Let's do that. Let's do it, Ben. Get your ba get your bass and let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm down. But no, man, that's um, I, 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 that's the way her voice is, man. It's so it, it really is so distinct. I mean, all joking aside, it you hear her and you know who this band is. Like yeah. even this is one of those bands where sometimes the singer might start up and you just don't really know who it might be this is this is one of those bands that doesn't ever get copied um so yeah I mean, well again. it's one of the reasons that i like music from this era so much is because you had stuff that sounded so radically different that was distinctive in this way and I, and maybe it's because i'm not keeping up with it like i used to i'm sure that the, the kids out there will give me all kinds of pushback you know, there's like 15 different people on soundcloud who sound really different from each other but when i hear most of today's music at least the stuff that does infiltrate to the radio on those rare instances when I'm listening to terrestrial radio, it all fucking sounds the same to me. And, you know, whereas this stuff, there is a distinctness to it. That's, well, just speaking on that, that's actually one of the reasons why I don't enjoy pop music as much. Um, a lot of it sounds so similar. A lot of it sounds almost the same. Um, a lot of pop singers, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm sure there's some out there that are very talented. That's great. A lot of them don't write their own stuff. And, you know, it's, it's sad because we live in a world where now it's, it's always more about image rather than your musical talent. And I think that's a travesty to music itself. Um, and I have a lot of blame that I lay at certain genres of music for that. Um, I, blame society for a little bit on that but it's it's a sad reality that we live in that there's like you said um and i when people ask me why i like older older bands so much more than newer stuff that's usually one of the reasons that comes up is i think a lot of the newer bands unless there's something special and just i don't think all that great i agree with that um but let's grade this all right so um uh, do you want me to go first? Or you want me to go first? <laughs> well, since you've given me that option, I'll let you go first. Musically, A plus. Um, I, 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 I've already had to do this before. Um, I've said this before on previous podcasts. I'm a big proponent of the band knowing what they can do and pull off. And this album pretty much represents everything this band can do. Um, it comes together with everyone that can really come in on their instruments. And when you Again, as with previous podcasts, if you have a band that brings it all the time and brings their A-game all the time, it's always going to sound amazing. That is what this is. Uh, so musically, this is getting an A-plus for me. Um, I had said uh, my other grade, as far as the genre goes, um, I'm going to borrow from you a little bit, and I'm going to give this band a little bit of a bump because of their legacy. I am going to give this a solid A. And the reason I'm giving it an A and not an A minus or B plus is, again, because I feel out of all the albums they've done, to me, this is their most memorable. Uh, this is the one that uh, there's a certain bands um, when, people, when people talk to me and ask me questions about what 
what I consider goth, this is one of the bands that pops up and typically this album comes up. Um, and this is in my, in my top five goth post-punk albums. So this is definitely to me getting that high grade for that reason. Um, if I, and that's me being as objective as I can about this. Um, I, I thought about maybe knocking it off a little bit for that one song, but man, I, I, I can't. And honestly, I can't give it a low grade. So there I am, A plus and A. I'm going to give it an A. Um, I don't think it's one of the greatest albums of all time, like the top 1% or the top 1%. But I did say I thought it was their best album. And they got some other good albums. They're a really good band. They didn't do anything um, objectionable here. So it's an A. It just doesn't quite push into the A+. I think that while every song is good, only two songs are great. And it needed another great song to make it an A+, for me. And that's why I'm. That's why I had to on the album just give it an A. Um, I, I, I said everything I need to say, but I'll reiterate again. Um, this is not a, this is not a completely amazing album. Well, yeah, this is a fucking amazing album. Who am I kidding? Um, it's not the best album you're ever going to listen to. Um, it is far from the worst. And I would say if you want to get in this kind of music, um, this is one of the bands to look up and definitely look in this album because this. This is one of their better albums. It is one of the, I think, better goth albums that's ever been released. So um, that's my take on it. Yeah, I think to really understand goth music, you have to listen to this band and this album in particular. So speaking of which, what are we going to do next time, my man? Next time, since we're still in the UK for this, um, there's a very... Well, it was popular back then. I don't know how many people, kids know about it today, but there's a very popular nightclub back then um, during the time that Susie and the Banshees were around. A few other bands were around as well. Um, and they all congregated and played at a little location called the Bat Cave. And for those that don't know, the Bat Cave is a lot like CGBG in New York. Um, a little bit different genre. It's more goth and dark wave than it was punk but you if you understand the connotation you get the idea it was a very popular house band that played there a lot and this is actually another not one of my favorite bands but they're a band i really like um we're going to be talking about a band that's kind of alien to us a band that um might have had some sexual frustration to work out because they're so alien sound like a fiend my friend an alien sex fiend, if you will. Indeed, sir. You know, and if you're an alien sex fiend, there's only one thing that you can do. You have to take an acid bath. You do. And while you take that acid bath before you do, just remember that you have to walk the line. <laughs> you have to walk the line between good and evil. Indeed, sir. Indeed. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, thank you for listening. And... As we continue our tour of things that are a little bit more on the gothic side of the post-punk spectrum. But thank you for joining us and spending some time with us on this fine evening. Stay safe out there and have a good one. Farewell and adieu.